Good morning, and peace be with you. Please take out your bulletin uh, insert and take a look at that at your leisure. I will point out to you uh, today, uh, Mission Sunday this month, your donations are going to the Samaritan Purse. Samaritan Purse being part of Franklin Graham's ministry. And this effort is going to medical and hygiene kits for desperate evacuees who have fled the crisis in Afghanistan. So uh, please uh, keep them in mind and give as your heart uh, moves you to. We are going to be celebrating 60 years of blessings in November. And we, we invite you to uh, make contact with the office if you have any questions about that. Uh, if you'd like to help uh, in the planning, uh, that would be great. Also, Sit to Be Fit, Sit and Be Fit uh, is continuing on and has. And so that ministry continues to grow and be a blessing to all who attend. So the more the merrier, and, uh, and, and that would be uh, great. Also, today, um, I didn't know this, and this, uh, the service and everything else comes by uh, many hands making light work, but I know one individual who is the greeter, who is the lector, and there's one other, usher, and so... Um, <laughs> It, it, so if, if, uh, if in the future, uh, if you have a, the ability to, to greet and to aim uh, a uh, temperature uh, <laughs> thermometer at someone's forehead, um, that'd be great. We'd let you do it. We're going to do the temperature for a little bit longer. I um, just think that it's a wise thing to do just to at least monitor that. I know we all self-monitor. Everybody here is an adult and so forth, but I think uh, it's wise uh, for a, a little longer just to, to be aware of that. And um, I hope that you're okay with that because uh, it would break my heart if you weren't. Um, that's about it. I don't want to get any more snarky at the beginning of a, of a service. That's just not the right thing for a pastor to do. But welcome. Uh, let's worship as unto the Lord. Our opening song, Tim, is Praise to the Lord.
Will you please stand if you're able? <clears throat> we come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your presence and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you. And for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above 
and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Hallelujah. Worthy is Christ, the Lamb who was slain whose blood set us free to be people of God. Power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and blessing and glory are his. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Sing with all the people of God and join in the hymn of all creation. Blessing and honor and glory and might be to God and the Lamb forever. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God, for the Lamb who was slain has begun his reign. Alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O oh God, whose strength is made perfect in weakness, grant us humility and childlike faith that we may please you in both will and deed. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. The first reading is taken from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 11, verses 18 through 20, and can be found in page 1192 in the Pew Bible. To Jeremiah's surprise in this passage, the people of his hometown are plotting to kill him, and they wanted to silence his message of obedience to God. So listen carefully. Jeremiah 11, 18 through 20. Because the Lord revealed their plot to me, I knew it, for at that time he showed me what they were doing. I had been like a gentle lamb led to the slaughter, 
I did not realize that they had plotted against me, saying, Let us destroy the tree and its fruit. Let us cut him off from the land of the living, that his name be remembered no more. But you, Lord Almighty, who judged righteously and tests the heart and the mind, let me see your vengeance on them. For to you I have committed my cause. Uh, we will read Psalm 54 responsibly that's written in your bulletin. This is a call for God to overcome our enemies. David's the author. Save me, O God, by your name. Vindicate me by your might. Arrogant foes are attacking me. Ruthless people are trying to kill me. People without regard for God. Let evil recoil on those who slander me. In your faithfulness, destroy them. You have delivered me from all my troubles, and my eyes have looked in triumph on my foes. The next reading is taken from the book of James, chapter 3, verses 13 through chapter 4, verse 10 and can be found on page 1883 in the Pew Bible. James is writing to Jewish Christians spread throughout the Mediterranean area about their persecution, and he tells them what is genuine wisdom. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambitions in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires to battle within you? You desire but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have to uh, do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think Scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the Spirit he has cause to dwell in us, but he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. 
Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. shall we go you have the words of eternal life alleluia the holy gospel according to saint mark from the ninth chapter glory to you o lord our gospel this morning comes from saint mark it is Mark 9, verses 30 through 37, and can be found on your Pew Bible, page 1569. Mark records. They left that place and passed through Galilee. Jesus did not want anyone to know where they were because he was teaching his disciples. He said to them, the Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him, and after three days he will rise. But they did not understand what he meant, and they were afraid to ask him about it. They came to Capernaum. When he was in the house, he asked them, what were you arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet, because on the way they had argued about who was the greatest. And sitting down, Jesus called the twelve, and he said, Anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. He took a little child whom he placed among them. And taking the child in his arms, he said to them, whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, but the one who sent me. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. As we have been making our way through the Gospel of Mark, we will see a change in the focus. All four Gospel accounts, all four, have this change of focus. The beginning of the Gospel accounts, they focus on the teachings and the signs, and 
they point to Jesus as the promised Messiah. And these signs and teachings are there as they fulfill the promises that he made through his prophets in the Old Testament. They certify that Jesus really is the Messiah, the Messiah who was sent from God. They make him known to the multitudes. And then there comes to the point where we are, where there is a change in focus as Jesus began to prepare his disciples for that Good Friday. And over the past few Sundays, we have heard that Jesus began to seek solitude so that he could teach his disciples in a more private setting. Remember, I made light of him going across the lake to find uh, just a little cruise time and a beach and be alone, and, and the people followed him. They ran around the lake. He spent more time in Gentile territory in order to get away from the crowds, and yet he still performed the signs, and he still proclaimed the gospel. But his main focus was on preparing his disciples for his upcoming suffering, death, and resurrection. And that is the reason that he went to the areas of Tyre and Sidon and Caesarea and uh, the Decapolis. And that is the reason today's reading from Mark's account of the gospel begins with the words, they went on from there and passed through Galilee. And he did not want anyone to know, for he was teaching his disciples. Mark 9, verses 30 through 31. Now, all four gospel accounts make it very clear that Jesus prepared his disciples for a Good Friday by regularly teaching them about his upcoming suffering, death, and resurrection. And today's reading makes that very clear. He was teaching his disciples, saying to them, the Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him. And when he is killed, after three days he will rise. That's Mark 9.31. And this is the focus of his teaching during those times, when he had them off by themselves. Now, although Jesus was being very clear, the disciples just weren't getting it. They weren't catching on. And today's reading informs us that they did not understand the saying and that they were afraid to ask him. Mark 9, 32. And <laughs> this must have been very frustrating for Jesus. You know, he's God and he is man. I mean, he could be frustrated. I, I would have been. But before we get too hard on the disciples, or your pastor does, let's remember that no one, no one had ever done what he said was going to happen before. It just hadn't been done. There are accounts in the Old Testament of prophets raising other people from the dead. And Jesus himself had raised people from the dead, but no one, 
Not one person had come back from the dead under his own power. This was totally outside the disciples' experience. And it wasn't that they didn't want to understand Jesus, but they simply did not have the mental, emotional, spiritual, or experiential tools that they needed to understand what Jesus had said. So again, I remind you, but mostly me, because I can look at this stuff and go, duh, but let's not be so arrogant as to think that we would have been any different if we had been there. And after the Holy Spirit inspired Mark to record Jesus' teaching, he then inspired Mark to give an example of just how clueless the disciples really were. We not only hear that the disciples did not understand, but we also have a record of an incident that demonstrated how much they didn't understand. The disciples were debating among themselves who was the greatest in the kingdom? Think about that. When Jesus prayed to the Father in Gethsemane, he sweat drops of blood. And even so, when he shared this intense fate with his disciples, their response was to discuss who was the greatest. Jesus was telling them about the single greatest event in the entire history of the world, that is salvation earned on the cross for all people. And these guys were debating who would be the leader of their little band when Jesus was gone. Amazing. How embarrassing it must have been when Jesus asked them, hey, what were you discussing on the road. Now, Jesus used this moment of embarrassment as an opportunity to teach them and us exactly what it means to be a leader in his church. Did you catch it? He sat down and called the twelve. And he said to them, if anyone would be first, he must be last. Last of all, servant of all. Mark 9.35. Now, in God's family, the leader serves. The one who is the highest makes himself the lowest. The leader in God's family sacrifices not to get power, but to serve others. Then, to emphasize his point, Jesus takes this little child, and he put him in the midst of them, and taking him in his arms, he said to them, whoever receives one such child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives not me, but him who sent me. That's Mark 9, 36 and 37. Jesus connected the child to himself, and then he connected both himself and the child to the Father in heaven. To receive a child is to receive God the Father Almighty. That's what he demonstrated. 
Now, the Greek word that is translated as child is called pahidion or padawan. Padawan. And we've heard that in Star Wars. When the young uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi says to the young Darth Vader, oh, my padawan. Now, that just came to me when I was studying for this, and I wanted to know what the, what that, uh, how to pronounce that word. And in the Star Wars movie, I'm not trying to go too far off the beaten path here, but he says, my Padawan. He was an older person, but he didn't have a clue. Now, a Padawan in Greek, it is a child whose age would be somewhere between preschool and second grade. And I just wonder if maybe he was comparing the disciples to that. He said, at that age, well, at that age, most children can feed themselves, and most children in that age can get dressed and understand simple sentences and so, so forth. But we are still talking about an age when children still need a lot of help just to survive. And this child can do a few things for himself, but for the most part, this child is pretty much helpless. The greatest serves the most helpless. And this is pretty much the opposite of the way that the world thinks. From the time that Adam and Eve sinned until now, people have wanted power and control, and people have thought that the greatest people controlled other people and forced them to serve. And if we look at the other readings for today, we see that each of them talks about the problems that we have because we always want people to serve us. In the Old Testament lesson, people wanted to kill Jeremiah. In our epistle, James considers the reasons people fight. You know, through the entire Bible, people have had trouble with greed with power, and with control. And we are not any different today. Our culture praises people who are the best, or who are beautiful, or who are strong, or who are wealthy, or who has the most power. And sooner or later, we all fall to this temptation. We all want to serve. We want people to serve us. And we think that we are important. Now, the desire to be important does not change with time. The desire to be important is the reason that Cain killed Abel. And it is the reason that people terrorize others in their cities and in their communities every week. It is a deep part of our sinful nature, and it attacks us from the day we enter the world until the day we die. So the things Jesus teaches his disciples are good for us as well. And with great sadness... We know that today's gospel is not the only time that the disciples argue about who is the greatest in God's kingdom. 
And there was a time that Jesus told the disciples to go to a friend's house and prepare for the Passover. And when everyone arrived, the disciples began discussing who would wash the feet. And you see, they had been walking in the hot sun all day, and their feet were hot, and they were sweaty, and they were dirty, and probably smelly. And it was the tradition for the host to have a servant wash the feet of his guests. And none of the disciples wanted to do a servant's work. So nobody was washing any feet. And then Jesus arrived and he washed their feet. And that is another way, one more way, that Jesus showed them and shows us service. Jesus continued to show service to the disciples and us beginning that very evening. He served you, and he served me by allowing a band of soldiers to arrest him so that he could endure a day of torture and shame as he took your sin to himself and carried it to a cross and to death. He served you, and he served me, by enduring God's holy wrath against our sin while he hung on that cross. He served you and he served me after his friends laid him in the tomb by rising from the dead and proclaiming his victory over death, over sin, and over the power of the devil. And Jesus said, the greatest is the servant of all. And Jesus is the greatest because he served the entire world by offering himself up as the atonement for all of our sins. Jesus still serves us. He serves us as the Holy Spirit gives us forgiveness by the gospel. The gospel we hear in the absolution and in preaching. The gospel combined with the water of holy baptism. He's serving us. The gospel combined with bread and wine as Jesus himself enters us with his forgiveness. One mouth at a time. Jesus, the greatest, serves us who are the most helpless helpless in sin and facing death. We who would be great in our greed receive the generosity of a Savior who serves. Now that Jesus has served us with the ultimate service, he is able to work through us, through us, to serve others. And he gives us the power to share his service with the people in our lives. And ultimately, it is the desire of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to serve us with new, holy bodies that will rise from the dead just as he rose. And on that day of resurrection, he will serve, we will serve one another in perfect harmony and joy. And our service will be so perfect that it won't even cross our minds who is the greatest. In the name of Jesus.
Amen.
Will you please stand if you're able? Let us now confess our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. And on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray for the whole church of God and Jesus Christ and for all people according to their needs. O Lord of hosts, you oppose the proud and give grace to the humble. Help us by your spirit to submit ourselves to you and to resist the devil, that he would flee from us. Lord, in your mercy... Lord of hosts, give our leaders and all pastors the wisdom that comes down from above, that they may be peaceable and gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. Let them sow among us in peace, and grant a harvest of righteousness. Lord, in your mercy, Lord of hosts, pacify our passions by your Spirit, that we may not be ruled by the jealousy and selfish ambition that give rise to disorder in every vile practice. Lord, in your mercy, Lord of hosts, Uphold this world in your order. Preserve the church and the preaching of your word against all enemies. Bless our homes, the parents, and that children may serve one another faithfully and grow in instruction and faith until life's end. Give health and wisdom to all who serve in public office that their authority may be exercised for the benefit of our people. Lord, in your mercy, Lord of hosts, look with kindness on the sick and those in need, especially we lift up Steve and Linda, Ashley and Helen, Randy and Sean, and Einer and Norma. Lord, in your mercy, Lord of hosts, give us faith to draw near to your altar in repentance, that we may receive your Son with cleansed hands and purified hearts as he draws near to us in his body and blood. 
Lord, in your mercy. And Lord of hosts, grant that what we ask from you may not be squandered after our passions, but sought rightly in faith, that we may receive them and put them to service for you and our neighbors. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup, and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. As often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let's pray together the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. 
Amen. You may be seated. He's the greatest, amen? He served, amen? He served on that cross. He serves you as you come one mouth at a time, and he's serving up forgiveness of sin, rescue from death and the devil. That's a pretty good deal. This, this meal is prepared for all who believe, and I heard you with my, well, my good ear, that you confessed him as Lord and Savior. I heard you confess your sins, and I heard his forgiveness through my mouth by his authority to you that all of your sins are forgiven in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Do you believe that? Then come, the table is prepared. Still come o'er me, sorrows as I often tread, but the Savior still is with me, by His hand I'm safely led. He will keep me till the river rolls its waters at my feet, then He'll bear me safely over. Oh.
on the sunset, oh blissful morning, when with our Savior heaven is begun, earth's toiling ended, oh glorious morning, beyond the sunset, when sunset no clouds will gather no storms will threaten no fears annoy oh day of gladness oh day unending beyond the sunset sunset a hand will guide me to God the Father whom I adore His glorious presence His words of welcome will be my portion on that Beyond the sunset, oh glad reunion with our dear loved ones who've gone before in that fair homeland.
I like to be served. And I pray that God, through the Holy Spirit, can give me a servant's heart more than I do. But they use at work. And like all other things, like faith, like loving Him, that's a work of the Holy Spirit. Not my work, His. I receive the Holy Spirit. So I do take some comfort in being able to say to the Father, help me. Help me to be a servant. Help me to love you more, to love my neighbor as I love myself. Help me. That's his job. James said, we need to ask. We need to ask for that. And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Now all y'all are going to like this closing hymn. It is said that branches draw their life from the vine. Each is separate, and yet all are one as they share one life-giving stem. The Bible tells us we are called to a similar union in life, our lives with the life of God. We are incorporated into Him, made sharers in His life. Apart from this union, we can do nothing. O oh Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder Consider all the world thy hands have made. I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder. Thy power throughout the universe displays. Then sings my soul.